0: My Govanen, welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel, I'm the Tolkien Geek, and while there are very few complaints that I have about The Lord of the Rings as it's written, compared to, say, how it's been made into movies, uh, there are a few things that just never quite sat with me, and I don't mean that they were problems in and of themselves, but things that I just didn't like the way that Tolkien went. When I first read the story, the way it ended didn't quite sit with me. As I've gotten older, I've recognized that it really is kind of the right way to end it. One thing that still kind of bugs me, though, is the way that the tale of Aragorn and Arwen ends. And this is because of, well, a number of things. One of them being Arwen's really, really deep kind of crash into depression and and some of the words that she says about how um she really kind of understands how men could, you know, hate death so much. And it it almost implies that she's like going to the point of almost siding with somebody like an Arpharazon in terms of this ain't fair. We need to, you know, this shouldn't be the case and we ought to be able to cheat here. And she begs Aragorn to like hang on as long as he can, whereas Aragorn's like, no, I'm not going to just hold on to life until I'm witless and unmanned, and so, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, you'd think after her living for thousands of years, and seeing men live and die, and then being married to Aragorn for another 120 years, this moment would have been a little more prepared, and she wouldn't have been quite so despondent, uh, and I'm not saying this as a thing that doesn't make sense, I mean, it's perfectly understandable that, you know, the love of your life is dying and you still feel young and vigorous and, you know, the emotional toll that it must have had on her would certainly, you know, put you in that frame of mind. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just, you know, it it kind of lessens the character of Arwen in a sense for me. But the real point of this video is something a little bit different, which is Aragorn's almost final words... Where he basically tells Arwen, well, now the time has come. You can either go take a ship to the west or stay here and be mortal. As if that decision hasn't already been made. And it raises the question, why does Aragorn not already know that Arwen's decision is made and she's already mortal and it's too late? And I got to thinking about this because... I was, I've was i been driving back and forth to another city for work a lot, and for some reason this passage came to mind, and I started pondering it, and I realized there actually is good reason for Aragorn to wonder if maybe she's not already mortal and might be able to sail to the Undying Lands still. So I want to explore that a little bit, and maybe some of the implications that that might have. So first we have to look at this from the perspective of just the bare fact of this whole choice issue. Luthien's descendants don't all get this choice. Luthien gets the choice to come back with Beren as a mortal, but her son Dior and his two sons, which, you know, don't, as far as we know, survive past childhood, uh they don't seemingly get a choice, and it's not even clear which kindred they are accounted to, because when you read the debate of the Valar, when Eärendil finally makes it to Valinor, you get the impression that they just assume Arendil counts as a man, even though he's half-elf, half-man. And if that's the case, then Dior, who is half-man, and his two sons, who would be at least, you know, part man, presumably Dior marries an elf, I don't know that, but he's, you know, he ends up living around elves all his life, and so presumably he marries an elf, you know, they're more than half elf probably, and somewhat less than half man, but, you know, it's still a chunk of their heritage is mortal, so seemingly by that logic they would be assumed to be mortal, but of course all know in in that conversation points out, uh, he's also Elf. So it's not really clear how all that would pan out, because we never get a definitive solution, because the only thing we do get is they end up saying, okay, Earendil and Elwing, you both get to pick which kindred you belong to, and that choice then passes down to their descendants, but not forever. You know, when Tolkien was originally writing these stories, he didn't intend for there to be any more children past Elrond. Uh, And originally there was only Elrond, there was no Elros, and he basically gets to be like the thing that carries on the memory of the First Age into the future, and it's kind of like the end of the story. Then of course the Lord of the Rings comes in, and he introduces Arwen, and this whole thing gets pushed down another generation, and Arwen kind of gets to be the last generation that really gets to pick. Which in and of itself is interesting, because this also creates the extra quandary of, well, what about Elros's children? Did they get a choice to join the elves, even though their dad chose men? And, you know, it <laughs> it creates a lot of questions, some of which are not answerable, and I don't have time to get into all of them. But the point is, Tolkien eventually decides, okay, so the, the choice of Luthian, so to speak, passes down... you know, it finally stops at Elrond's children. And presumably his sons choose elves, right, and move on. But Arwen, of course, chooses men because she wants to marry Aragorn. Now, the way this whole thing is set up, it seems to be that her choice to join the race of men is tied to her decision to marry Aragorn. But it... (laughs) Honestly, I don't know that that's ever explicitly stated in the books. What is it? Where it is explicitly stated is in the movies, Peter Jackson's. But I don't think in the books it's ever quite explicitly stated that way. And so it's not 100% clear. And the funny thing is, we know from other examples that, in fact, marrying a mortal does not make an elf, mortal. That was kind of a unique thing that happened to Luthi, and so we know from other examples that's not always the case. Tuor and Idril, for example. There's nothing ever said about Idril becoming a mortal human, whereas there actually is some hint that maybe Tuor goes the reverse direction and becomes one of the elven kindred. And then we also know that there's the Dol Amroth story, because... Prince Imrahil of Dol Amroth is descended theoretically from a strain of some elf or other who had something like a one-night stand with a human in that region and from that line come the princes of Dol Amroth but we don't have any reason to think that that elf ever became mortal as a result and presumably either set sail or ended up ended up just wandering around who knows how long so the choice or the result of you know the act of marrying or whatever with another mortal doesn't necessarily result in mortality for an elf. Aragorn then has some reason to question whether his wife, who is still apparently young and has plenty of life ahead of her, has actually become mortal. And... There's also some history to back that up as well, because Luthien, when she comes back as a mortal, she doesn't last long. She dies, you know, relatively soon after coming back. And the Silmarillion gives this idea that maybe it's whenever they inherit the the Silmaril back from Thingol that the, the power and the radiance of that jewel is what hastens their death after this happens. But even before this happens... And she's given the original choice in Valinor in the Halls of Mondos. She's basically told, you can go back and be mortal, but you'll have a short life. And it doesn't seem to mean you'll have a short life because human life is short. It seems more like, you know, your life is going to be short even as a human. So it doesn't necessarily seem like she would have lasted long anyway. Whereas Arwen... She's lived 120 years after marrying Aragorn and apparently is still, you know, perfectly young and hale to all appearance. And it's only when Aragorn dies that she goes and wanders off into the woods of Lothlorien and just lays down on a hill and dies of grief that she passes. And this is a lot more like Luthien's first death when she was actually still immortal and an elf than it is like a normal human death. Which... You know, raises the question, did she in fact become mortal at all, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's really a serious question. I'm pretty sure she was in fact mortal. But the point is, her life and death look a lot more like an elven life and death, even after her marriage to Aragorn, than it does like a human life and death. And that's not to say that no humans ever laid down on a hill and died. Obviously, huor's wife... Uh, Rion did that, but the point being, Rion didn't live, you know, an extra 120 years after marrying (laughs) Huor. She wasn't that old. Whereas Arwen is. And that's, you know, Arwen is more like Luthien in that sense than she is Rion. And she's more like an elf in a lot of ways, seemingly. And so we have this quandary here how how does the decision get made when does it become kind of set in stone so that it can't be reversed and this brings up the other problem Arwen is already a few thousand years old whenever this decision is made does she just get to be an elf for like 10,000 years before deciding oh you know what I'd actually rather be human like how how long does that choice extend and and could it ever be reversed I mean because by living as an elf for all those years, that seems like it's tacitly a choice to be an elf because it seems kind of cheating to go the other way. But of course the problem there is you would you could say the same thing about Luthien. You know, Luthien lived for untold numbers of years, literally untold. We don't know exactly how old she was when she met Beren. But she lived for a long, 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 long time as an elf before she met Baron and then, you know, died and then got the choice to come back as a mortal. Now, her circumstances were certainly unique, so it's not quite the same thing as a cheat in in, in the sense that Arwen's choice seems like a cheat. Because Luthien had to die <laughs> as an elf and then get the choice to stay in Valinor which would separate her from her family and from Baron forever, or go back and be separated from her family in, you know, the eternal sense because she's going to now join the kindred of men and have their doom. So, you know, she's got, like, pros and minuses there, and her decision comes after, you know, not even knowing that there was anything like a choice, whereas Arwen has grown up knowing this history of this choice and has lived as an elf for all of her life and then meets Aragorn and is like, aha, I choose man. (laughs) Okay, but, but how long did you actually get to wait before you do that? So it's just really fascinating to think about how this choice works, when you have to make it, when it becomes kind of binding. So Aragorn doesn't seem to think that the choice is set in stone even on the eve of his death, even though they've lived together as husband and wife for 120 years. And even though Luthien said back in Lothlorien that she was going to cleave to him and forsake the twilight, and that seems to imply that she is making right then and there the choice to become mortal. But then we have Elrond talking to Aragorn later, where he says uh, she's not going to forsake her you know, immortality for anyone less than the king of Gondor and Arnor. So get that sorted out first. Now that at least would imply that once they do actually get married because he is the king of Gondor and Arnor, then that's that. But we still have so much precedent and other reasons to kind of wonder about this, that it's still not a hundred percent clear when that decision takes effect and what it's, you know, real consequences are. It's like when they get married, is that the time that it happens? And why? Because, as I mentioned earlier, other elves marrying men doesn't do that, and it's you know it's the choice is confined to this you know these descendants of Luthien, more specifically the descendants of Arendil and Elwing, and the choice doesn't seem to have to be made at any particular time, and so for Aragorn he, he may be legitimately thinking that Arwen, even though she's lived with him, a man, and married him and chosen this fate, could still kind of back out of that and sail west. Now, this is well after the last ship ever sailed west. I mean, Legolas will build his own and and sail himself, but it's just really weird that Aragorn would kind of think this way. And yet, given her history of living as an immortal elf for thousands of years, it also kind of makes sense. It's like, you know, she could marry him and, you know, have a, to her, very brief time of wedded bliss, and then all that's gone, and now what does she have left but to go back to Valinor? I mean, it's there's no hard logic to prove one way or the other, really. So at the end of the day the fact that she tells him no my choice was made long ago I think what's going on here is Aragorn from the outside looking in doesn't understand how the choice works doesn't you know really grasp when exactly it took effect what it means but Arwen who is the person who made the choice and who knows you know, her own self and who was an elf for thousands of years. I think there's something that has changed about her that she recognizes kind of innately that she's like, Nope, I'm 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 mortal and there's no going back now. That's the only way I could figure to make it all work, because otherwise, how could she know and how could he know or have even a guess at what the current state of Arwen is and whether she could take a ship to the west given the different history and precedents that are set in the stories i don't think there's really any way to prove one way or the other because there's just so many instances of people who choose one thing or another not necessarily the specific explicit choice to become mortal but things that have implications in that direction and the way that arwen's life you know has gone up to this point From Aragorn's perspective, it's like still an open question. Arwen apparently is still, you know, young and not an old woman like he's become an old man. And so therefore it looks like maybe she's still an elf and maybe she still has a choice, right? Whereas she inwardly knows, even though outwardly it may not be obvious to anybody else, something has happened that she recognizes this change has already occurred and this is something that cannot be changed again and it's done so it's i like i said i think this is about the only way i can reconcile this to myself because one might tend to think you know something like aragorn has just kind of gone soft and maybe even a little bit senile in his old age but of course the problem with that is he's precisely laying down his life before that happens to him as the kings of Numenor did way back in the old days before they went corrupt. So the idea that he doesn't know what he's talking about doesn't really make sense in that way. It does make sense in the sense that he just is ignorant. And so he's looking at it and going, I don't know, because there's just not enough data to, to really clearly delineate which side of this equation you're on. And so, you know, you could still have the choice. And it, it has to be said, there's no reason to assume that if another elf had married another human, that elf couldn't have just been married to that human, the human die and then the elf continue being an elf. That's just that's there's no reason that couldn't happen. So, from Aragorn's perspective, he's going, "Well, you still look like an elf. Maybe you are still an elf and maybe you could still just keep on being an elf even though we've been married low these 120 years." And, er- and Arwen, of course, is just like, nah, that's not happening, sorry. Uh, I've already made my choice. So, this is just what I came to in thinking about it, and I don't know of any other particular passages that bear on the question directly that would clear it up, but if anybody has any, you know, leave them in the comments below, and if anybody has any alternate explanations for how Aragorn could have this ideal, which seems so clearly wrong, you know... Th- you know, leave those in the comments as well because this is one of those things that's always kind of bugged me in the back of my mind. Like, how does Aragorn not, not get this? But thinking about it, it actually does make a certain amount of sense, I think. But otherwise, that'll do it for this video. If you enjoyed it, please do give it a like, thumbs up, whatever, and share it around. If you want to catch more of my content, make sure you subscribe. And if you're on YouTube, click that bell icon so you don't miss any notifications. Check the description below for support and uh, social links, especially for the platform formerly known as Twitter, where I drop Tolkien-related trivia questions, and my Discord server. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye. No Thanks to all my channel supporters, especially elf friends Paul Leone and Nathan Dufour.